Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, Buffalo Fanatics? Josh Allen here. Just wanted to say, uh, go Bills. Ladies and gentlemen, it's your boy back at it again. Welcome to another edition of the Rico Report. Brought to you by the Buffalo Fanatics. Salute to everybody you tuned in. It's the offseason, baby. We already know what it is, man. This is one of the worst times to be a football fan because our team isn't playing anymore. So we got to do this whole offseason thing, man. So bear with me because we're back at it again with the fourth edition. This is the fourth year. The fourth year that we are rocking with the P.O.P. And if you guys are familiar with the P.O.P. is, uh, listen, man. Sean McDermott came through to Buffalo. Suited and booted to, you know what I'm saying? Suited up, and he he laid out a plan. And the plan was that y'all need to, y'all brought me in here, and you guys are going to have to trust the process. That's what he's been telling us. He's been telling us to trust the process this whole time. Have we questioned the process? Absolutely. We have definitely questioned the process. Have we have we been on board with the process? Absolutely. We've also been on board with the process. But at the end, at the end of the day, processes change. Processes change. Process, processes do not remain the same. So in this segment, fourth year running, and I'm actually proud of myself because I created this little process or problem situation, we're about to decipher who is part of the process and who is part of the problem? And today's edition is the quarterback room and the RB room. That's the running back room. Hot topic, right? So uh, before we get into the process or problem, um, obviously we will, we will, I will talk about the players that are on this team in these departments, in these positions. And at the end of the show, we'll go through them again and find out part of the problem. Do we see something? Is something worth it? And part of the problem. Now, usually the problem is not necessarily because it's a negative. It's a problem. It's just that they're not part of our process. So in order to fix the process, we've got to get rid or move on from the problem, right? Which is not part of our process. So it may be a popular name on this team that although not an issue, not a a bad player, they're just not going to be part of our process. Guess what? You fall into the category of being a problem. So uh, before we get into that, uh, I need to, there's a few things that I want I wanted to address uh, around the league. And uh, one of them being head coach Eric Bienemy. Now, head coach Eric Bienemy, excuse me, head coach, you got me saying, you got me jumping the gun here. Offensive coordinator, Mr. Bienemy, finally has got a gig outside of Kansas City. The Washington Commanders interviewed my man, and they brought him on as the offensive coordinator slash assistant head coach. Smart move on his end. A lot of people don't like the move. 
Uh, a lot of the black players in the league are like, man, why has it taken so long for this guy to get an opportunity? He's part of a two-time Super Bowl winning team. What is the deal? Sometimes race is the issue. Straight up, sometimes race is the issue. Some people feel that, you know what I'm saying, the, the, the black coach is inferior. They just can't get the job done. Some probably feel that way. In my case, in this case, Bro, every enemy, it goes beyond the skin color at this point. Because uh, someone with his resume, someone with, with the tutelage he's been getting from Andy Reid would be a shoe-in. Childress, Nagy, a whole bunch of coaches, you know what I'm saying, Peterson have gotten that opportunities. A, because of the tree they fall under and, uh, and the success they've had under Andy Reid. But Eric Bieniemy, for some freaking reason, just can't get over that hump to become head coach. I mean, shoot, 17 opportunities to head coach for a team, and all 17 teams said, nah, we just don't feel like you're the guy for it. Something's up. Something's up. So in order for him to build his name and maybe get away from the tree, the Andy Reid tree, which is odd because most times you want to stay close to that tree so you can branch off and become a head coach somewhere else, but Eric Bieniemy has to go the opposite. He has to... He has to get away from Andy Reid so he can, you know, make a name for himself. And that's what's pissing people off. Why does he have to do, why does he have to jump through all these hoops to get his opportunity when all these other coaches that haven't done diddly squat when, he, when it comes to calling plays because it's always Andy Reid and they get opportunities. What's up, right? And, it, and, and rightfully so, it should piss a lot of players off and more like, and, and most importantly, it should piss a lot of black players off because once their careers are done, they might want to get into coaching a bit. If they see how, you know what I'm saying, these black coaches are being treated and not giving these opportunities, it's, it's a piss-off. But in this case, I don't think it's the color situation. I think it's more of a fit situation. I think it's more of a, ah, your style situation. Maybe he didn't answer how, I mean, he gave his depiction on what he wants done, and, and, and it probably didn't sit well with what the owners wanted. I want a coach that's going to do X, Y, Z, kind of like a yes man, and he's probably not a yes man. Who knows? Who the F knows? But I'll tell you something. Shady McCoy doesn't feel that it's a it's a race issue. He feels that is it's just a he's not good enough issue. And that is stirring people. Uh, it's stirring people up. And they don't feel good about what uh, Shady had to say. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm with Shady in a way where... He's got experience. He has experience with Andy Reid. Now, before I even get into that, let, let, me, let me just stop right now. I'm going to play you some audio, and you guys will understand where I'm coming from. If you haven't seen it, check out this audio. I hope he doesn't, but I think he will. What's his value? What makes him a good office coordinator? See, the problem is a lot of these people that go on social media, oh, he should be the guy for the job. They haven't played there. They're not in the locker room. I've been in the rooms where he's coaching, and he has nothing to do with the pass game at all, right? When the plays are, are designed, that's Andy Reid. When you talk about officer coordinators, I can tell you what makes Brian Dayball with the Giants a very, very good coordinator. I can tell you with Andy Reid or Doug Peterson. But when I ask about um, Eric Bieniemy, what makes him good? When we watch the film or practices and we correct, Mm -hmm. the, the, the wide receivers, the running backs, the, the quarterbacks. 
He doesn't talk in there. Andy Reid talks in there. Mm. He may say things to the running back because he's an ex-running back coach. I get that. But he has no real responsibility. Now you go from the Chiefs, where you can hide behind Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid. Hey, then you go to the, the Washington, where you got to call plays. You got to run the meetings. You got to run the installs. The last issue I have with him is, what makes Andy Reid so great, not the, call, the, the play calls, which we see that, which, I mean, that's one of it. But the other thing is, like, adapting to the players. Mm. Who beginning me, he's my first practice. I couldn't believe it. He's dog coaching. He's dog cussing the players. I'm like, and not just the regular players, Kelsey, you know, you know, other players. So, so it's like. Let me just stop it right there. So basically, he said what he needed to say. Now, I'm with Shady. I'm with Shady when he said, listen, man, he got nothing to do with the, with the, with the pass plays and the pass calls. It may be the case. It may be Andy Reid's like, you handle run opportunities, and if you see something you like, let me know, but I'll let you, you know what I mean, majority call the plays, or there might be something scripted. Might Andy Reid say, yo, these are, the, these are the plays I like. You call it how you see fit. Who the heck knows? The point is this. In a way, I'm with Shady because Shady's like, I've been with Andy Reid for years, and I came with the Kansas City Chiefs, and I saw what I need to see. I, wait, there's an eyeball test. You just know. You just know. You're like, mm, he ain't that dude. Right. But then you have guys like Jamal Charles. You have guys that Pat Mahomes that are like, no, nah, I vouch for that guy. He's legit. But keep this in mind. Airbnb has been with, been with the Chiefs since 2013. So these guys came in knowing Andy, Andy Reid and the enemy. So they're always going to show love. That's loyalty. Shady doesn't have any loyalty to Eric B enemy. He's just going to spit it like it is. It may not resonate with a lot of black folk, but he's, he's spitting what he feels is, is, is accurate. And he was on the team. And some people are feel feel very different about it. Now, I I I honestly, I have no dog in this damn race. At the end of the day, Shady's speaking his truth. He's uh, he was on the team. Now, could it be a little bit of you know what I'm saying, a little bit of feistiness in there? Is it a little? Is he feeling some type of way that he didn't get enough playing time? And B enemy had a lot to do with it. Who the heck knows? But the point is, he's in the locker room. He's in the in the meetings. He saw what he needed to see, and he made his comments. So. Is it is what it is, but at the end of the day, here's here's what comes down to it. Eric Bianet had to leave the Kansas City Chiefs to get his opportunity with the, as an offensive coordinator with the damn commanders, and he's got to prove himself away from Andy Reid. It's a it's a it's a it's a it's a tough situation because if he does well, great. Now you're gonna get an, a true opportunity to be a head coach again. If he does poorly, he might be like, yo, you ain't never gonna get a head coaching job. So it's like it's a big risk that he took leaving Kansas City. So he's got, he's all in. He's got to go all in. Good thing is he's got some good pieces on the Washington team. They got some good receivers. They had a nice young running back that's nice out there. So they got some good things that can be done with the uh, commanders. It's about that quarterback, Sam Howell. You know what I'm saying? It's Sam Howell or it's uh, Carson Wentz. Does he rejuvenate Carson Wentz's career? Who the heck knows? We'll, we'll soon find out. But anyway, I wanted to get off that. I wanted to get that off my chest when it comes to the Eric Bieniemy thing. Um, it's, it's cool. We'll see how that goes. Uh, more news. Um, Derek Carr, there could be some mutual interest with Derek Carr and the New Jersey Jets, the New York Jets. And they feel that, listen, if he comes to the squad, there's some big things that can be done with him on this team. How do you guys feel about that? Is Derek Carr, are you threatened as a Bills fan by Derek Carr? And if you say no, you're bugging because the Jets were a good damn team that beat us, that beat us with Zach Wilson. And Zach Wilson 
Who knows where he's going to be in the next two to three years, even if he's going to be in his league or not. The point is, they beat us. They had a very good defense. They got an offensive rookie of the year and a defensive rookie of the year. And they're trending upwards. And all they're missing is a quarterback, a competent quarterback. Derek Carr fills that void. The Jets could be a very dangerous freaking team. Carr. Or, like I've said before, they're one quarterback away. I mean, we all knew this, but I said this like, what, months ago? Yo, I guess it was like a month ago. They're a freaking quarterback away from really doing it. When it comes to the AFC East, I'm not I'm not poo-pooing on Brandon Bean. I'm not poo-pooing on, on our team because we've been – we now have this three straight years that we won the, the AFC East. We got a lot more under our belt. We got to hold it down. But the Jets are catching up. The Miami Dolphins are catching up. And the New England Patriots are, are going to catch up because now they have an actual offensive corner in Bill O'Brien. They're going to get their act together. They're going to, I'm sure, I'm hoping that, listen, maybe they draft better this year. Free agency is going to be different. Every team is going to get better. So if we think we can rest on, on what we've done and we got no more work to do, boy, do we have things coming our way. And this is why we do things called the problem or process, or are you part of the process or are you part of the problem? My guy, Don Handsome is, is ready to go. He's screaming at me. Let's go, baby. And my man, Brian Byers, I see you, Brian. Byron says, yo, Bills blew their opportunity, he says. The Bills blew their opportunity the last two years. The other teams are only getting better while we're approaching cap hell. Listen, man, like I just said, man, this, this, there's, there's about to be, there's already parity in the league. There's already some good parity in the league. It's not top heavy, right? And the AFC East just got even tougher. I don't think we're just gonna blow the doors off, you know, to the AFC East again. I think we're about we're about to we're about to feel the wrath of the Jets and the Dolphins. So we're gonna have to we're gonna have to you know what I'm saying, handle our business the way we're supposed to, handle our business the way we're supposed to. Now, we've got things to get into. Um, I wanted to get into a few other things, but I wanna I wanna get in and out of uh, of the process or problem, and uh, we're gonna get right to it. Right this second. So, folks, let's head to the quarterback room. And the quarterback room consists of, I mean, really. Well, I'll just talk. I'll just talk about every quarterback on the roster. And it's going to start with number one, Josh Allen. Now, folks, Josh Allen. Statistically had a very similar year. He had last year, right? Over 4,000 yards passing. Over thirty yard, over thirty touchdowns, uh, or over thirty passing touchdowns. Uh, another great statistical year running the football. Uh, dude is legit. That's that's Josh Allen for you. That he's he's that guy, right? And uh, with with a guy like Josh Allen, your window of opportunity to a not only make the playoffs but to win the championship is always forever open because you've got a franchise guy. Like Josh Allen. It's just that simple. But here's the deal, folks. When you have Josh Allen going into a big contract year, you're saying now he starts to hit the cap. The cap is a little, it's, you know, I mean, it's, it's a little stronger now. It, it's going to affect how we handle the rest of the team. So looking at his statistics this year, and I wanted to just touch on that because I think it's important that we realize how great he is, right? So 16 games played, 359 completions, 
to 567 attempts, finishing with a 63.3 completion percentage. Do you remember the time when most folks were making fun of Josh Allen because he was just inaccurate? You know, saying throwing for 50, low 50 percent. It's never going to be fixable. You can't, you can't fix that. And look at him now, throwing for 4,000 yards, 60, 63% completion percentage, and, uh, and, and, and really doing it, right? The only other quarterback that I've ever seen have low completion percentage in college and really vamp, ramp, ramp up in the NFL was Matthew Stafford. So Josh Allen is, uh, is a unique cat. He's a unique cat, right? So 63.3% completion percentage, Threw for 4,283 yards, 7.6 yards a pop. You know what I'm saying? And, and throw for 267 yards a game. So 35 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. I hope that, I mean, we want that number a little lower. I uh, took 33 sacks this year and finished with a 96.6 rating. That is our quarterback, Josh Allen. When I look at his upcoming contract, though, and how it's going to affect us right now. He was playing under a very manageable salary, right? His cap hit just this past year was only $16 million. So we were able to kind of move things around and pay this guy and pay that guy and so on and so forth. But now shit's about to hit. Shit is about to hit because right now, Josh Allen going into year 2023 at age 27 his cap hit is going to be $39 million, $39.7 million. Now, our, 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 our GM is going to have to move things around and do this and move that. I'm going to tell you something, man. It's going to be different. It's going to be different this year. So someone's going to have to do some, some financial gymnastics to move around and do what he's got to do to, to really go on and get this thing popping. So that being said, Understand that Brandon Bean is going to have his hands full. Where is he going to decide to yank, cut from here, enhance here, reshape this? There's going to be, he's going to be almost like a potter. He's going to have to, moving things around, he's going to have to fix things up to make sure that we are still competitive and still trying to stay atop the AFC East. Because you got a Robert Sally, that's a good young head coach coming through. You have a a, obviously, a Bill Belichick that is an OG, triple OG, is never going to stop. That's what he does. And then, obviously, uh, we got the young the young buck in Miami, McDaniels, that, that's got this team rolling. So, the AFC East, it ain't going to be a cakewalk. These boys are coming for that number one spot, and they smell blood. They smell blood. Because guess what? We lost to the Jets. We lost to the Dolphins. And obviously, I mean, we took care of business against the New England Patriots. But nonetheless... They smell blood. They feel like, you know what? We, we, we're not even fully 100% ready to roll yet, and we, 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 got, we, got, we got our number. We got, we got a win under these guys. So they got to they they come see us. You saying? So Brandon Bean better come, come with it. Brandon Bean, come with it. Shout out to my guy, Jeff King. What up, Jeff? Coming, coming through with a super chat. I appreciate you. And uh, you know I always do, and I'm, I'm hoping that uh, you're, you're recovering quite well. And my man, Jeff King, came through and says, you know what? Act like you know, Rico. I know. What Bo don't know, touch and go. Touch them go. Uh-oh. <laughs> Here come the hot chef. Here come the hot steppers. Good to see you, my guy. Listen, good to see you. By the way, care package received. Uh, you got the wife uh, 
blubbering boohoo who i mean you you already know what it is we're gonna catch up but shout out to my guy my guy jeff king coming with that hot stepper was good was good um yo listen my man don handsome trust me and believe me we're gonna chat it up bro we're gonna chat it up all right keep keep that energy we're gonna chat it up for sure because i know i got your message we're gonna we're gonna definitely get to it all right so dolphins are still dolphins are gonna be coming with it and so are the jets and so are the so bill belichick and the new england patriots so we gotta get a shit together so we've got to we've got to keep our foot on the next and continue to be as competitive as possible. So when you have a guy like Josh Allen with a thirty nine million dollar hit, it's going it's going to hurt. Will they restructure potentially, kick the money down the road? But with a guy like Josh Allen, you can kick it down the road all you can kick it you can kick it all the way down the road. That boy is a lifer. He he's, he he the plan is for him to stay on this team and win us a couple chips. You know what I'm saying to retire a Buffalo Bill. That's what we want. So to me, is Josh Allen a big part of this process? I mean, that's a big hell yeah. That's a big hell yeah. Now, it's not all, you know what I'm saying, oh, great. It's amazing because there comes a time where what are the expectations for a guy like Josh Allen, right? A guy that consistently is going to put you 4,000 yards, consistently is going to put the team on his back, He's just that dude. He's that guy. But understand this. Understand this. There are some things that I need to see from Josh Allen in 2023-24. Right? You got to, you, I want to be able to see you give your guys, and I know you talked about it last year. You wanted to see that improve in your game. I didn't really see too much of it. Right? Two things I want to see Josh Allen get better at. And that is giving his players the opportunity to get under the ball, right? Giving your players the opportunity to make a play when they have the ball instead of putting them in position, you know what I'm saying, to like catch it on the sideline and go down, right? The Sammy Watkins type of thing, right? We want to give them some yak. We want to give them some, some rack. So put them in these opportunities to allow them, you know what I'm saying, take the burden off of you having to make a play all the time, put the ball in their hands and let them do work. I'd love to see more of that from Josh Allen. What, are, what more are my expectations? We, and I, and I, I know he's going to go through it, but he's really got to take care of that football. And that comes down to fumbling. Even though we didn't lose a whole lot, that comes down to fumbling. That, come down, that comes down to the interception, the bonehead decision-making and interceptions. I know he feels it, but that part of that game is going to have to improve. It's going to have to come down. We can't keep giving the ball away. You're keeping these bum-ass teams, you know what I'm saying, in contention when we should be putting these teams away. But when we turn the ball over, that's exactly what happens. You keep these teams in the game. We just can't have that. So expectations for Josh Allen is to obviously keep us always in the loop, keep us always top of the league. He's as competitive as it can be. And right now, he's got to be motivated. You got Pat Mahomes that's got two Super Bowls now. Pat Mahomes has two Super Bowls. Joe Burrow was just in a Super Bowl last year. So I know you don't want to compare yourself to your peers, but your peers are, you know what I'm saying? They, the ones that are directly in competition with you have showed out. They've gone to the Super Bowl. They've won two. So this is where Josh is, you know what I'm saying? Going, in, going to what? He's 27 years of age. He's right in the prime of his career. This is where he's got to he's got to he's got to galvanize these guys and do work, and that just doesn't talk about the players. That talks about your offensive coordinator and Mr. Ken Dorsey. 
Y'all gotta, y'all gotta come together and be on the same page where you're thinking what he's thinking, he's thinking what you're thinking, and you guys are seamless. None of this, none of this elementary play calls. You know what I'm saying? This is big boy football. You're gonna, you're gonna have to find ways to tap into Josh. If 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 Josh has more potential and you need to tap into more out of this guy in terms of being putting the ball in the air and doing the right decision, then that's what you got to do. Challenge him. Challenge him. This this elementary play calling you be doing can't happen no more. So part of the problem or part of the process? Y'all already know what it is. But we talk about that right after. Now let's get to Case Keenum. Case freaking Keenum. Now, before we get to Case Keenum, you guys have to understand. I don't know if you guys have looked at the, the free agent quarterbacks that are out there right now. And uh, it's, uh, it's not great. <laughs> I would say right now it's not great. For, for the money that we have to try and get ourselves a quarterback, it isn't great. And, uh, and I'm, I'm going to show you guys the top free agent quarterbacks this year. And this is where it correlates with a guy like Case Keenum. Do you bring, are we comfortable enough to bring back Case Keenum? Do we, do we like Case Keenum? Is, is he the guy that we want backing up Josh Allen? Is he as, is he as, did you prefer Mitch Trubisky backing up Josh Allen? Or did you like the Case Keenum, the guy that's got the experience, that's been in the league, that's had success in this game? Which is it that you prefer, right? Because right now, when you look at the quarterbacks that are taught, are, are in contention to sign with another team, Derek Carr, we're obviously not going to get Derek Carr. He wants to start. Tom Brady, retired. Baker Mayfield, who knows what's going on with Baker Mayfield. I doubt that he wants to be a backup. He's probably going to go somewhere and try to try to get, you know what I'm saying, go back to L.A. and try to compete with Matthew Stafford to get that spot. Who knows how that's going to play out? Maybe they bring him back. Sam Darnold, he's probably looking for starter money somewhere. Jimmy Garoppolo, he's definitely going to look for a starter. So we need some debt. We need someone that's a great backup. Do we keep Case Keenum? Case Keenum is a free agent. Where right now, the only quarterback on the roster is Josh Allen. You need a backup. So do we bring Case Keenum back? Is he part of the process? Do we allow him to come back? Or do we say, you know what? I'd rather draft a quarterback. I'd rather draft a quarterback late rounds and have him sit behind Josh Allen and learn the ropes? Or are we not ready to draft a quarterback yet? Do we want a veteran guy sitting behind Josh Allen? Because right now, when it comes down to it, here's where some of the names that are, that are potential that can come to Buffalo, Teddy Bridgewater, Mason Rudolph, Jacoby Brissett's probably going to try to get some, some top money, probably stay with the Cleveland Browns, you just never know. Geno Smith woke his career up in Seattle. Joe Flacco, you want Joe Flacco backing up Josh Allen? I need someone that's mobile, so that's not going to work for me. Andy Dalton, Mike White is probably going to go back to the Jets. Never know, Mike White would be nice. C.J. Beathard, Kyle Allen, here's where, the, here's, here's where it starts to get interesting. Taylor Henneke, right? Bla Forget about Blaine Barrett. I'm not even going to say Blaine Gabbard. Uh, then you got Nick Mullins. This could be an, an, op an opportunity. Drew Locke and Josh Johnson, Nate Peterman is a free agent. Do we bring in Nate Peterman to come through and back it up? But you see what I'm getting at. Am I Gardner Minshew, Easton Stick, Jared Stidham becomes a, a backup plan. So we've got some, some, some work to do to see who's going to back up Josh Allen. Do we go back to what we're used to in Case Keenum? Is the team okay with that? Or are we looking to get a little younger in that position? 
You know, say draft a quarterback. Are we in for Nate Peterman? Does Nate Peterman make a comeback to be the backup to Josh Allen? I highly doubt that would happen. But those are the those are the situations that the Bills are in. Chances are, I think they don't like what they see on this uh, in the free agency, and they say, you know what, we're just going to stick with our guy Case Keenum. So is Case Keenum part of the problem, or is he part of the process? You guys, let me know, and we'll revisit it afterwards. And last but not least, we got Matt Barkley. Matt Barkley was on the practice squad. Matt Barkley, when I interviewed Matt Barkley uh, this offseason, this past offseason, uh, my man, myself, and Rev, uh, we went to Buffalo and uh, went to an event with the Westher Group. Shout out to the to the Westher Group that invited us. Plan to probably go back again. But uh, let me tell you something, man. They didn't bring him back to be the backup. They brought him back because... He keeps that locker room kind of tight, that quarterback room tight. It keeps Josh Allen loose, believe it or not, right? When you have a quarterback like that that can kind of take the pressure off and, and you know what I mean? And, and veteran ability, obviously, too, because, I mean, Matt Barkley's a smart guy, but you want to keep those guys in the locker room that kind of ease things. No tension. It's nice. So that's where Matt Barkley comes in. Do they bring him back and leave him on the practice squad? There's potential. There's definitely some potential there. Uh, I know some people don't like me saying bringing back Nate Peterman. You guys are haters. You guys are effing haters. Wouldn't that be nice to have Nate Peterman back on the squad? <laughs> you guys do not like that. You're like, yo, stop it. Just stop that mess, Rico. You better stop that shit. All right, I got you. I got you. But the choice is up to you guys. What do you guys like? Do we do we want Case Keenan back as that that backup? I didn't see anything that 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 stops him from saying, yeah, why not? He doesn't he doesn't turn me off. You know what I'm saying? So if Case Keenum's the guy, let's bring him back. At least we keep that quarterback group together. You know what I'm saying? Them come back together and working together and, and making it work. We'll see how that plays out, right? We'll come back and revisit that. So quarterback group, Barkley, Allen, and obviously Case Keenum. That was your quarterback room for the year. Case Keenum is a free agent. Will they bring him back on another one-year deal? Maybe it's a two-year deal. Who knows how that plays out? We'll soon find out. So that is a quarterback room. You that means it's a simple one. We made it very simple. And I think we'll we'll, we'll find out what uh, what deal what the deal is with them. Now, let's go to the running back room, folks. The running back room. And we're gonna start with our guy, Devin Singletary. Ladies and gentlemen, Devin Singletary is a fan favorite. A lot of people like Brandon. Excuse me, Brandon. A lot of people like Devin. A lot of people like Devin. A lot of people feel that he's reliable. I do. Dependable. Gets the job done. And didn't have a bad year. Devin Singletary, 16 games played, had 177 attempts. Eight hundred nineteen yards rushing. 4.6 yards a pop. He had five touchdowns this year, 51 yards rushing a game, three fumbles, can't have that. And he had 42 first downs. That is Devin Singletary. Some people felt that he was RB1. Not in the league, but on this team. He deserved to get the touches. He deserved to get all the things that he got. 819 yards rushing. Like, he's, he's, he's a good back. But guess what, folks? Devin Singletary is an unrestricted free agent. So he's 
he will most likely be let go. Excuse me, not let go, but he will allow to test free agency and go elsewhere. And James Cook will get to his opportunity. But some people feel that Devin Singletary should be brought back. Do you want to see the Devin Singletary James Cook show once again and keeping Naeem Hines as the, the reserve kick return, punt return, and put, you know what I'm saying, sprinkle him in the offense? Can, can Devin Singletary make a case for himself to come back? Well, let's talk about it. We talked about the statistics he's had this year. He's in his final year of his contract. He's done. Four years with the Bills. You got to give him credit. He did well. Came in with Frank Gore. It was a Frank Gore show. And Devin Singletary, Devin Singletary, the, the, the drafting of Devin Singletary pushed LaShawn McCoy out. And then he's been the guy since. Ish. Ish. I say ish because he's been sharing and splitting time with every year since he's been here. He's never been, you know what I'm saying, the quintessential, quintessential guy. There's always some guy kind of pushing him for touches. James Cook happened to be the guy this year. Now, here's the deal. What, the, what are the pros and cons of having a Devin Singletary return back to the Bills? Well, here's the deal. You bring back Devin Singletary, you know what you're getting, right? You know what you're getting. You're, you're getting a hard worker. You're getting a guy that, that, can, that will get the job done. He's not going to light the game up. He's not going to take over a game. But he ain't going to screw you. He's not, gonna, he's not a liability, right? I like Singletary. I'm a big fan of Singletary. We interviewed him this year. He, he was anticipating to get a big year this year. Did he want to have a bigger year? Absolutely. Especially in his, in his contract year. It would have been nice for him to get 1,000 yards rushing so that way he can take that into free agency and wherever he goes. But for me... Do you, and do you bring that back? He's gotten better every, every year that he's been on the Bills. He can run in between the tackles. He can catch the ball out of, at the backfield. You saw it a couple times this year. Actually, when I, when I tell you how many receptions he had, he was our fifth leading receiver. He had 38 receptions this year. Now, here's the other. You know, and those are good things. He's familiar with the offense, and he, he'd come back, and he wouldn't miss a beat. Here are the cons. There's no game breakability. He's what you see is what you get. It's just, you know what I mean? I'll get you your four yards, but it's, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's what you're going to get from me. I ain't going to break the game out and give you 150 yards rushing in one game. It's not me. It's not what I do. He's just a reliable back. He will shake the shit out of you, but at the same time, he doesn't give you game breakability. He's not that impact back that we so desperately need for this offense, in my opinion. So will we, be, will, we, will we be bringing Devin Singletary back? Do you want him back? Or let him walk? Because now you bring him back, if you franchise tag him, which I highly doubt is going to happen, the franchise tag a running back, that's $10 million right there. That's $10 million. So what, is, what are the going rates? What is the market for Devin Singletary? Some might say, okay, well, what do you think he's going to get on the street? What's the, what's the market value for Devin Singletary? Let me tell you what the market value for Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary's market value, according to SpotRack, and SpotRack, you know what I'm saying? It's some, people, some people swear by it, some people don't. Uh, Brian Bowers is like, yo, 
deuces. <laughs> He's saying bye-bye, Devin Singletary. Good, good luck. So Devin Singletary right now, his market value is 5.5 mil. So a three-year, $16, $17 million deal would be suffice for Devin Singletary. Are, are you okay with paying him 5 mil to stay on the team? Think about that. And you go from there. Now, free agency for the running backs is lit. Let me tell you who we have in free agency for the running backs. Because when I tell you who we have in free agency, you're going to be like, yo, Devin, it's been real. I love you. You've been great for us. But, yo, <laughs> when I see guys like Saquon Barkley, I see guys like Kareem Hunt, I see guys like Rashad Penny, Jamal Williams would be a, a hell of a nice addition to this squad. Josh Jacobs. You know what I'm saying? So you got uh, Raheem Mostert's going to be available. Dante Freeman. Uh, Samaji Perrine's going to be available. Miles Sanders is going to be a free agent. Who knows what they do with him? Uh, Dearness Johnson. So there's some, there's some backs. And I just named like just a handful of backs. And you're like, oh, snap. So look out. Look out for that. David Montgomery is going to win. Damian Harris is going to be one as well. Uh, Alexander Madison. It's a good speed. Tony Pollard. What's going on with Tony Pollard? There's no way Dallas Cowboys let Tony Pollard walk. There's no way. And keep Zeke. No way that's happening. James Robinson becomes available. So there's some, there's some movement. There's some movement that can happen, folks. And before I get out of here, I, I saw a super chat coming in from my man, Jeff King. And my man, Jeff, says, buddy, I'm going to say this and then crash. I feel you, brother. I had enough of the choir board culture thing. Give me the ex-cons who are fucking hungry. I want some nasty 15-yard penalty fuckers who make sure you may run this way, but not twice. <laughs> but not <laughs> You'll get your run. You might get seven, eight yards, but rest assured, next time you come this way, and if you do try to get your seven, eight yards, it's going to hurt. It is going to hurt. So you're going to have to think twice about coming back this way. So shout out, salute to my man Jeff King on that because he ain't wrong. He most definitely isn't wrong. We need some nasty guys. We don't, the, 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 the days of having these soft-ass cats on the squad, you know what I'm saying, does us no good because we need some nasty mother efforts on the squad. We do. It's that, it's that simple. No more Mr. Nice Guy, man. We don't want nice guys. And some people might say, but we do have some, some nasty players on our team. Do we, though? And I've had this conversation multiple times with y'all. We've got, like, maybe two or three guys on the squad. That's it. I, we need more than that. You go, you look at the 49ers, man. They got some dogs everywhere. You go to the Ravens, they got some dogs everywhere. You know what I'm We need some nasty dogs. I'm, and I'm hoping that we figured that, we figured that out. And we figured that out quickly. Because the draft is the draft is some time away. Free agency, we have a we have a we have a chance to shape ourselves in free agency. And we go from there. By the way, shout out to my man Jeff King. Get some good rest and we'll talk up soon. And uh, we'll go from there. But for the running back room, folks, Devin Singletary. Process, problem. Which one is it? Next up, James Cook. I'm going to admit to you guys right now. You guys already know it. I was not a fan of James Cook drafted to the Bills. Why? 
because I was enamored. I, I, I picked a guy. I fell in love with him, and that was Brees Hall. Brees Hall was the, was the running back that I wanted. Brees Hall was, was, was shaping out to be the rookie of the year. He was the bright spot for the New York Jets. And the poor guy tore his, tore his knee up. So back to James Cook. Not impressed with James Cook. I wasn't. You guys have heard me. I was been, I've been vocal about it. And it's not that I hated him. I just felt there was nothing that stood out to me that was like, wow. He didn't wow me. And a lot of you guys were telling me, dude, you don't know what you're talking about. Just chill out. He's nice. Believe me, just wait. Y'all kept on telling me, just wait and you'll see. I waited. I waited some more. And I waited. And I finally was able to see, okay, now I see some things that I like about him. I had to really decipher to see his game, right? Obviously, we have a coordinator that just, for some reason, was just not ready to get James Cook involved in the game. But once I started to really see, you know what I'm saying, how he ran, and notice his style of run, then I was like, okay, now I understand it because I need to know what kind of back this guy was. I mean, in college, it's college football. I mean, I was listening to Derrick Henry. Derrick, they're like, hey, man, how do you how do you compare the SEC to the NFL? He's like, you can't compare. You can't compare the two. It's not even, it's night and day. So watching a, a running back kill it in, in college, um, it's great because you want to see it happen in the NFL. And sometimes it correlates and sometimes it doesn't. I didn't see it. I didn't see it until... We started getting into these games where he started getting touches, and he's a more finesse, smooth runner. He's a smooth runner. He ain't no banger. He ain't going to bang on you. He's a smooth runner, one cut, go. And once I started to realize, okay, that's the type of back that we have, he could be potentially used very well on the squad. So when it comes to his statistics, how did he do this year on the limited amount of touches? Well, James Cook was the third leading rusher on the team. He had he played 16 games. He had 89 carries. 89. Like you gotta have over 100. You have to have over 100. So he had 89 carries. He had 507 yards rushing. Pretty impressive off of 89 touches. The dude was running for 5.7 yards pop. So this is where that potential comes in. A lot of potential in James Cook. Right? He had six big runs, six big runs this year. Uh, he was rushing for 31 yards a pop. We need more from that. We need more, right? He had a fumble, and that was his first ever fumble. First touch of his career, boom, fumbles the football. I'm sure he's going to remember that, and he's never going to want to f- fumble again. And he had 24 first downs compared to um, Devin Singletary's 24 first downs. And uh, obviously, he had uh, two rushing touchdowns. So James Cook has the ability to really be that lead back for us this year. But what do I need to see from James? What are my expectations from James? Well, first things first, here's the deal. James Cook and his brother Dalvin Cook are two different people, right? In terms of how they're built. You know what I'm saying? They look alike. Obviously, they're brothers. But they're built different. They're built different. James Cook is 5'11", good size, good height, 190 pounds. You put on five, you know what I'm saying, five to you know, saying 10 pounds of muscle this offseason, you could be a very big problem for the league. Because that allows you to run through these arm tackles, run through the, you know what I mean, uh, in, in, the, in, the, in the trenches, get you through it. We know you can catch the football out of the backfield. We know that. That's what you do. And we also know that you're elusive. 
and you've got the speed. So you put on that five to 10 pounds of muscle this offseason, the same, the same kind of program that Devin Singletary went through, chiseled up and looked good. You put on five to 10 pounds, man, and you still maintain that speed because you will. Fam, James Cook could be the lead back that we desperately have wanted since LaShawn McCoy. LaShawn McCoy was the, our last dynamic back, our game-changing impact back that we've had on the, ta- on the team. You bring back, you get James Cook in that in the gym in this offseason. You, you get him with five to ten pounds on that. Fam, we could have a problem. We could have a problem. My man Don, Don Hansen says, yo, Rico, we old Buffalo, though, man. We're on, we're one of the oldest teams. We need to get younger. I think we're averaging, and Don, we're averaging about, I think we're averaged 27 years of age on the Bills roster. We're averaging 27. So we're middle of the pack when it comes to how old we are as a team. I remember looking this up a, a couple of weeks back. That's why I know. So we average about 27. The average age is 27 on the squad, and we're middle of the pack when it comes to being the young, between the oldest and the youngest. Are there some pieces that we could upgrade and get a little younger? Absolutely. But for the most part, you need that veteran, I mean, experience on a squad, and you need those young bucks. You don't want to get too young now. Too young, you know what I'm saying? It's, you, you got a lot of inexperience on the field. You want, to, you want a nice bounce, and I think the Bills have a great bounce. So James Cook, pros and cons, right? The, pro, the pros to me, great hands, can catch out of the backfield, one-cut hitter, and he, he has game-breaking speed. He can take it the distance. My problem is, if he doesn't get going and they wrap him up, just pull a little arm, he's going down. I've seen it countless times. So he puts on a little weight, a little, a little weight in the legs, a little weight in the back. You know what I'm saying? A little weight up top. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Here, we can see a very different back, and I like this. And to me, that screams process. But do you guys feel he's part of the process? Do you feel that we need more? Is he good enough? Is he the lead back that we need and we don't need to add anything else? Or... Are we sitting here saying, hey, fam, he can keep that role. I like him in that role, catching the football, but we need a bruiser back. He can be the compliment and instead of him being the lead guy. How do you guys feel about that? Do we need a complimentary back for him? Or can he take on the lead role? That is a question. Process or problem? I'll leave that up to you guys. Here's another one. Naeem Hines. We brought in Naeem Hines to be part of this Bill squad. We traded for him. And I'm looking at Naeem's contract, and I want to make sure that I get this right. Naeem Hines' contract is not a cheap one. It's definitely not a cheap one. Right now, Mr. Hines is over 4.4 mil. That's his cap hit. His cap hit was 4.7 mil, if I got that right. Did I get that right? 4.7 mil. So he's not cheap. 
So when you have a guy that's going into his last his last contract, his last year of his contract, let me just make sure that I'm I'm not speaking out of turn here. That's right. So you have him going. He's got he's got two more years on this deal. He's got a cap hit of four point four, and then next year he's got a cap hit of five point four. So we're on the hook for for Naeem Hines for the next the next couple of years. We got to use that brother. We got to use that brother. We can't just let him waste away on the sideline. We can we use his speed, his experience, his ability to catch out of the backfield. Like you've seen all those things. And he's a good size. Five, he's a 5'8", 5'9", 200 pounds. Right? That's, that's Barry Sanders' size. Five, Barry Sanders, I remember, he's 5'8", 203. That's a good size, man. Tree trunks for legs. So we've got to be able to use this player. This guy is too good for us not to utilize his strengths. So will it be the Naeem Hines, James Cook show? Now, what do I expect from, from Naeem Hines? Well, Naeem, kick, kick and run return. That's going to be your that's going to be your niche. That's your spot. You, you shined this year. You shined this year. You did some good things for us. But it's about time that we break you out and use and use you like you should be, right? Catching the ball out of the backfield, splitting time with James Cook, if that's the case. We'll have two finesse type of backs on the squad. Is that good enough? Naeem Hines. Ladies and gentlemen, is he part of the process or is he part of the problem? Well, guess what? We got him for another couple of years, so he's going to be sticking on the steam for a bit. But what I want to ask you guys is, do you like the James Cook, Naeem Hines combination? Is that what you guys like? Is that what you guys want to see going forward with Josh Allen kind of dishing it out and having these two boys run the rock? Or are you looking for a bruiser back? We'll get into that. Right? So that's James Cook. Then you had Naeem Hines. And then tailed out by Duke Johnson, which was brought in to be the Naeem Hines type of player, James Cook type of player. We had three guys on the squad that were pretty much shared the same skill set. And this is where I have beef with Brandon Bean. Naeem Hines, Duke Johnson, and James Cook are all pretty much the same player. Speed backs, catch out of the backfield, you know what I'm saying? And we had all three of them on the freaking team. At one point, we were playing every running back under our freaking umbrella because we weren't sure who's going to be the lead back. Like, when, you got, when you're doing that, it takes away from the real true backs that we got on the squad. So we had Naeem Hines for a little bit. But now Duke Johnson comes in. To me, do you bring Duke Johnson back to be a depth body or yo good riddance it was great to have you or is reggie gilliam which is my next guy are we loving what we're doing with reggie gilliam because i'm gonna tell you right now i love reggie gilliam reggie gilliam is that dude i'm a big fan of reggie gilliam reggie well, my guy reggie didn't have himself a bad year i'm just gonna click up my man reggie here Reggie this year, running the football. Yeah, so he didn't run the football once, actually, this year. He had eight receptions, 69 yards. He had one touchdown reception, and that was it. But he lined up at tight end. He lined up as fullback. He lined up as an H-back. They used him and utilized them very well. I like that. So why can't we find a way to use that for the guys like James Cook, for the guys like Naeem Hines? You know what I'm saying? 
Dorsey, you have your hands full. You're going to have to figure things out. Because right now, this year is a big year. And if you don't do what you're supposed to do with this offense and bring them back to what they're supposed to do, you will find yourself somewhere else. And, and ain't nobody going to be like, I can't believe we lost. Yo, they're going to be like, peace. We, we have two good weapons on the squad for you to squander them. And that's the fact. So shout out to Reggie Gilliam. Process or is it a problem? You guys let me know. And last but not least, Taiwan Jones. Taiwan Jones is strictly there for special teams purposes, but then takes up a spot in the running back room where we could have a bruiser back if that. So he does take up a spot. So how y'all feel about Taiwan Jones coming back as a, fr- as, as a special teamer? And Taiwan, right now contract-wise, was just a one-year deal. So do we bring him back? That's what we have to get here. So, folks, this is what it comes down to. What are we doing? Process, problem, who's part of it, who, who is not when it comes to the running back and the receiver and, excuse me, the quarterback room. So let's go right back up to the quarterback. Josh Allen. We all know that he is the process. He is the process on this team. We go as far as Josh takes us, period. But we got to help him out. We got to help Josh Allen out. He cannot continue to do it by himself. And that, folks, is what it felt like. It felt like he was just, he says, screw it. Lay it on me. I'm going to put it on there. And we didn't help him enough. And that comes from coaching. That comes from the O-line. That comes from the, our, our, our pieces on the squad. We didn't do enough to get Josh and this offense over the hump. So a guy like Josh Allen that's got us in the window all the time is going to get frustrated at times and say, I need, y'all need to give me something. Because I'll tell you right now, something triggered me a couple weeks back, and not even, I think maybe a few days back, where Trayvon Diggs, which is Stefan Diggs' brother, retweeted, a, 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 a pretty much a jersey swap of Stefan Diggs in a Dallas Cowboys uniform. First of all, throw up. Gross. That's number one. Number two, for a split second, I was like, I would hate to lose a guy like Josh, excuse me, like Stefan Diggs. Because that would actually hurt me. I'd actually be hurt. I'd be hurt. I'd be like, yo, that's the one thing that's got this team going, moving, like, that's that's got this thing buzzing. Because you remove a Stefan Diggs on this offense. I love Josh Allen, but Josh Allen is going to be tough. John Brown ain't the same player. Cole Beasley ain't the same player. It's just, it's just what it is. So when you see a guy like Stefan Diggs in, in another uniform, I was ready to fight somebody. I was like, no, nah, we can't have that. I need this guy sticking around for a while. Now, clearly he ain't going nowhere, at least for the next couple of years. But when I saw that jersey swap, I was like, ooh, my heart kind of hurt a little bit. I was like, yo, if we were ever to lose, you know what I'm saying, Stefan Diggs, this offense changes completely. It changes completely. So, I mean, I'm gonna get, I don't want to get into the receiver room, but we'll, we'll have to address that receiver room. That is for sure. So, coming back to whether Josh Allen and obviously the, these players like Case Keenum are they part of the process or the problem? So Josh Allen, process. All day, every day, doesn't stop. But here's the tricky one, and I need your help in this one. 
Case Keenum. Do we let Case Keenum walk and A, draft a quarterback to be, I mean, that the backup and just you sit behind Josh until if something, if we up 35 points, you jump in? Or do we say screw getting a rookie, go into free agency? But I read you guys who's in free agency. Nothing to write home about. So do you stick with what you know with, Ken, uh, with uh, excuse me, with Case Keenum? And if not, is he a problem? So you guys type in the chat. Case Keenum, is he a part, is he part of the process? Do you bring him back and give him a multi-year deal and make him back up Josh Allen? Or is he part of the problem? And the Bills are going searching for another backup quarterback. Problem? Or is he, is he part of the process? You guys let me know when it comes down to Case Keenum. Matt Barkley, we already know what it is. Matt Barkley probably will not be retained. He'll probably be let go. And if they do bring him back, straight to the practice squad for that moral, that morale boost that these guys would need in the locker room. Because he's a funny guy. And they, they get along. That quarterback room gets along extremely well. So, again, Case Keenum, process. Case Keenum, problem. I'm going to tell you right now, based on what I see, if we're not bringing in, in someone like Nick Mullins or maybe Drew Locke, I doubt Drew Locke will come through. I think he's still trying to find a way to start in this league. You got to bring back Case Keenum. Case Keenum, to me, process. You, you bring him back, and he's part of the process, and you got to because I'm looking at what's out there. Ain't a whole lot. They ain't a whole lot. And him going into second year is cool. Now, do we want him playing? Heck no. Well, we are where we are. Or do we just draft a young quarterback that turns into maybe a Brock Purdy? And we don't got to worry about a damn thing. Tricky. But to me, I'm going with the vet. I'm going with him going into a second year. Case Keenum, process. I say bring his ass back and let's roll. Because don't forget, we got to stay cost effective, right? Uh, I don't know how much he's going to ask for, but I can't, it can't be a whole lot. It can't be a whole lot. Or we go with an inexperienced quarterback. But I'm going to say Case Keenum, process. Matt Barkley, problem. I think he's gone. I think they, they're not going to carry a third running, a third quarterback. I think it's just going to be fine. It's going to be Case Keenum and Josh Allen, period. Now, let's go. My man uh, Payday Care says, yo, Payday Dre says, uh, yo, we can do better than Case Keenum. But here's the deal. Who? Who? That's, that's, the, one, that's, the, that's the question I have for you. Because don't forget, these guys are going to want to get paid heavy. A guy like Jacoby Brissett. He's going to want to get paid. A guy like Teddy Bridgewater, he's going to want to get paid. Like, these are the top-end free agents that we don't need to go and get them because they're just going to they're just gonna bleed us dry. You might as well just stick with what you know going into the second year. Just a thought. Now, let's go to the running back room. Devin Singletary. Problem or process? Is he part of this Buffalo Bills process going forward? Is he that dude? If you guys feel that he's part of the process, hashtag process Devin. Process Devin, let me know right now. Or if you're like, yo, we've had four years of Devin. I'm good. He can go do his thing because I saw what is in the free agency pool, and I'll take that free agency, that free agency pool all day, every day. Sal says, you know what? He gone. He gone. Let that brother walk. Let that brother walk. David Reed says, you know what? He's part of the process. Bring him back. He is part of the process. I honestly don't see him coming back. 
And I am very much okay with it. I'm very much okay with it. I think he's gone. You got to give these young bucks an opportunity. You bring back Devin Singletary, not only are you paying him around the market value of like maybe four to five mil, but now you got another year of James Cook being in the back. Nah, you can't. You drafted that brother in the second round. You got to. You got to. My man, Scott Blicky. What up, Scott? Scott comes in and says, hey, what the F? Allen plays with a torn elbow. Most QBs will take six weeks. Allen needs to have a limb amputated before he stops playing. Get, get an effing O-line to stop the amputation. Hey, listen, I'm with you. That O-line, is uh, it's got to change. It's got to it's gotta be better. And I think that that's something that I think Brandon Bean is not going to rest until he improves that, that, that unit. Because that unit is protecting your asset. And that asset has got, you know what I mean, butts in the seats in these stadiums. So you got to protect that number 17 at all costs. Simple as that. Now, Devin Singletary, problem or process to me, he's a prop. You got to go. And not that he sucks and he's garbage and he's no good. He's just part of the problem because we're processing on. We're going to be processing James Cook, Naeem Hines, and, and potentially a free agent. I mean, an undrafted free agent. That's more of a bruiser back. That's just my opinion. That's, that's my want. But we'll see how this all plays out with this team. So, Devin, problem. James Cook, process. He's the next guy up. If he puts on some weight in the in the offseason and really, you know what I mean, shapes out, he could be that lead back. He could be the one getting those 10, those, excuse me, those 15 to 20 touches. You know what I'm saying? If they can rely on him to do those things. But it's not about just running the rock, folks. It's about getting that, that pass block. It's about that linebacker coming full bore, and can you stand in there and bang with them and keep him out of Josh Allen's way so Josh Allen can deliver? Can you run your route after making a big-ass block like that? So those are the things that are going to stand out for the decision on, obviously, James Cook. And I think he's ready for it. I think he will be. He started to come on as the season went on. So the sky's the limit for him in, this, in year two. I'm looking forward to James Cook. So let James Cook, to me, it's part of the process. You got to process that. James Cook will be the RB1 for the squad, and he'll split some time with Naeem Hines. Naeem Hines, process. Those are the two backs that are going to be running the thing and running the show. You can't go wrong with that. You definitely, you definitely can't go wrong with that. And uh, last but not least, Taiwan Jones, uh, Duke Johnson, Great, thank you for your services, but you guys, you guys are good to go. Uh, it's more specifically Duke Johnson. Duke Johnson, there will be no need for Duke Johnson. Duke Johnson will become a free agent once again. He actually is one now. And uh, when it comes to uh, do we bring back the likes of Taiwan Jones for special teams purposes? I mean, special teams is important, but we got so many dogs on this team. Do you need to take up another running back spot for him to be a special teamer? That is real. The question. Do they like him enough? Is he a big-time person in, in the locker room? Well, to me, I don't think so. So to me, part of the problem is keeping guys that you don't necessarily need when special teams is fine. Tywan Jones, problem. Reggie Gilliam, process. When you can put him at tight end, when you can put him at H-back, you can put him at fullback, you know what I'm saying? And he needs a special team on top of that process all day and he just got himself a little mini contract in the first place so he's going to be on the squad for a minute so salute to my guy reggie gilliam so at the end of the day folks 
this this being part of this process allows us to get to where we need to be. Let's get to the the playoffs and the Super Bowl. But if if you're if you don't fit on this team, you don't fit where we need you. You're part of the problem, and that's where a guy like Devin Singletary, which has been cool, but he's gonna have to test, dip that toe in that free agency pool and keep it pushing, because we we're gonna be just fine. And uh, James Cook is gonna be leading the way. Naeem Hines right behind him, and we'll be all right. Do we get an undrafted free agent bruiser? Do we go and draft Jamal Williams? Wouldn't that be nice? Excuse me, and and go sign Jamal Williams. Have Jamal Williams and James Cook going at it. You know what I'm saying? We've got a bruiser back and we got, oh man, that'd be nasty. But I don't want to get myself ahead. I ahead of myself. So he said, yo, comedian says, yo, we need more dreadhead players. Nah, we good with the dreadheads. We, we good with the dreadheads. PVC fan. He says, uh, Devin Singletary should be processed. Process Devin Singletary. Bring Devin back. Really? I would have never expected that. I would have never expected that, folks. I'm all about Devin. I like Devin, but his time is his time is up. You guys always talk about running backs are a dime a dozen. Well, this is an opportunity to you know say let him be part of the dozen that's out there because right now he's fulfilled his, his contract duties, and now we wait. Second year player James Cook is is now going to lead the way, and we'll see how this plays out. And that's the way that's the way it is. So recapping what we've done today when it comes to the process or prom, uh, obviously. Your process and your window for success is always open with Devin with excuse me, with Josh Allen. Always, no matter what. No matter how you slice it, no matter how you look at it, it's always open with Josh Allen. Do we need to help Josh Allen? Absolutely. Where? Everywhere. You know what I'm saying? Pieces that he can rely on in the backfield. You know what I'm saying? Receivers that he can rely on to catch the football if he's not looking at Def Stefan Diggs, right? An old line that he can depend on to keep him upright and not sacked or not having to rush throws because these guys are just getting beat off the line. So a lot of those things factor into how this is all going to play out, right? So Josh Allen, process. Case Keenum, in my opinion, process. Devin Singletary, problem. Got to go. Enjoy free agency. I hope you, I honestly hope Devin Singletary lands in a really good spot. And if he has success, awesome. Freaking great, right? And James Cook, you're, it's time for you to lead the way. You know what I'm saying? You sat year one behind Devin Singletary. You're gonna go be. You're gonna be going into year two in the same offense. This is where we are going to expect a lot more from James Cook, the second round draft pick. 500 yards rushing last year on only 89 yards, 89 carries, 5.7 yards a pop. That's so much to be excited about. So much to be excited about. Salute to my man Dog 26. He goes, yo. Doubled up on defensive ends. Now double up on O-line. You know what? They might. They might double up on O-line. Right? But here's the deal. They doubled up on O-line a couple years back when they picked Tommy Doyle and Spencer Brown. But the question is, are they good enough? We double dip, but are they really good enough? Are we counting that double dip? We're going to soon find out. Now, my man Don. Don has said he's got a lot. He's been having a lot of things to say. So I'm giving Don the floor. I don't know if Don Handsome is still around, but uh, let me get the super chat real quick before I get into that. Uh, salute to my man Sam or my lady Sam could be uh, could be either or. Uh, before I read that, let me just get that. I, I like me the the bubble classic. Here we go. Um, Sam comes in and says, "Yo, Rico, 
Thanks for all that you do. It's my birthday today, and knowing you're around, saying it with your chest has gotten me through some tough times. Wow, that's dope. Bill's loss and otherwise. Much love. Well, Sam, happy birthday to you, my G. And I hope you enjoy yourself. And uh, let me say it with my chest. Happy mother effing birthday to you, man. Enjoy yourself. Have some cake. You know what I'm saying? Get on that Call of Duty. Have a good time. And uh, listen, man, just be blessed that you're breathing, you're walking, you're doing all those good things, brother. So uh, salute to you. Enjoy your birthday. And uh, celebrate it hard, brother. Celebrate it hard. So D Handsome. D Handsome. What's good? Talk to me, D Handsome. I need to know what's on your mind because you've been you've been yet you've been letting me know that you got a lot of you got a lot on your mind when it comes to free agency and all those things. So uh what's up? What's happening? Let's talk about it and, and go from there. But um and once uh D Handsome does his thing, uh I just want to take the opportunity right now to thank you guys for tuning in always and showing love, even in the tough times of, of free agency. It's never easy. It's never easy. We're always looking for content to make, but luckily we have things like this that get us engaged, that get us talking, and uh, that get us kind of, you know what I mean, getting into the the role of of watching how the league's going to play out when free agency comes around. But before free agency comes, free agency comes around, he's going to have to, he's, he's going to have to make sure that at the end of the day, we got to take care of our home. And We've got to make sure that we keep keep the right pieces. We got to move on from the, some some pieces, and on top of that, once we do that, we can then attack free agency appropriately. And I and I feel like we're going to do that. So um, let me get the link ready for my man D Handsome. D Handsome, I'm going to throw it in the chat right now. Instead of setting it private, I'm going to throw it in the chat right now, and you can jump in. I have no idea what D Handsome's what's what's got what he's got on his mind, but I'm giving you. What time is 10.20? I'm giving you 10 minutes, D. Handsome, 15 minutes max because I got to get to work. So link is in the, in, the, in the stream right now. D, hit that. When you're ready, we can chop it up and we get this thing popping. Now, in the meantime, my man Al Jackson says, uh, man, who was the scout that said Cody Ford? <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Cody Ford, oh, it looked promising. It looked promising at the beginning. And then it wasn't. And that's as simple as I, I can make it. It was looking promising at the beginning, and then it wasn't. I thought we had it there. And there was a, somebody looked it up, and they said, uh, how many old linemen have, have we drafted that have been uh, above and have done well on the squad? And there hasn't been many other than Deion Dawkins. Deion Dawkins is the one lineman that we've drafted. Um, and since Deion... Nothing's really stood out. So we got to make sure that uh, Brandon Bean hits that hard with free agency. And free agency is close, folks, next month. Free agency is next month, man. So we're going to about to see some big splashes. He, Brandon Bean says he ain't going to have splash on this team, but he also said that last year. So I call Cap. He's going to do something. He's going to move some things around, restructure, and then, shoot, you never know. He might bring in Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey might come through, and then boom, we got some. So who knows, man? We'll see how that how that plays out. So my man D Handsome is ready. Give me a thumbs up, D Handsome. Turn the volume down in the back in the background if uh, if it's on. That way, there's no echoing. And uh, you give me the thumbs up when you're ready to go, brother. I'm waiting for D to to let me have it, and then uh, and we should be straight. You good, bro? 
All right, so let me bring on my man D Hanson. Let me just get my backdrop ready and make sure that we straight. And uh, we got, we got, we can talk, we can chop it up for like 10, 15 minutes before I got to dip. So let me set it up for my guy and let's roll. So my guy D Hanson coming on and talking big is D. What's happening, bro? What's good? Hey, what's up, man? Can you hear me? Everything good? I can hear you just fine. It's perfect, bro. What uh, is on your mind? Awesome. I know you have a lot to say. Bro, so the last two games that we watched at the end of the season, I saw Josh be super cocky. I mean, like, way too cocky. And uh, his style of play, I love his hero ball. But when he was kind of, you know, he was walking away from the boys, you know, kind of cocky, like, like you know, screw this, I'm like, bigger than this. Like, like a, in a way where it was like he was too good for the situation. Really? Is that what you felt? Yeah, and it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And I think a lot of other fans that, at least in my area, thought the same thing. I don't know. Um, but that's the feeling you, I got in the last two games. Hold on, let me, let me bring it back. Let me bring it back. So you felt that, in what game? You say the last, the playoff game or? Yeah, in the playoff games. So I want to say it was the, the last Miami game. game. And the Cincinnati game. Specifically where he started the fight. And that's how you, and, okay, so you felt like, well, when he walked away and then when uh, Roger yes. Sass and those boys, so you felt like you were too Yeah, good. he wasn't there for the boys. Like, get your ass over there, man. You were part of that problem. Like, why are your boys fighting your problems? And you're looking like a diva walking away. Like, I don't know. It kind of looked like a bitch move to me. Oh, this is an interesting take. I'm a, I'm a wholeheartedly disagree with your ass, number one. Man, I love Josh. Don't get me wrong, man. Like, I'm I know you do, fan. but I'm going to call your ass out. Oh, it better not be that way. Please believe it better not be that way. Because if I see that in the next season, like, I'm going to say, hey, like, look. And even I was saying in earlier weeks, like, uh, I think uh, I saw him and Diggs having a problem. And I said this to Bowers, like, yo, is there a problem? Do we see a problem, like, like brewing in the team that we don't know about? And I think it was at one of the Miami games, or it could have been that Jets game, actually, where we got beat. And uh, just the way the locker room was, the vibe was, was just, it was off. It didn't seem right after that game. Everything after that was like, we were struggling to win. I, and I'm, and I'm with you. Um, People don't deal well. Like, listen, we went from winning games. Like, we were like, we looked damn near unstoppable. Right? Oh, yeah. And then, oh, yeah. And then we we lost some games. So it, it'll rattle some people. It'll rattle also, some people. lost Von Miller. Her. Yeah. So, like, some people get hurt. It'll rattle some people. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and what, when, you, when you take an L, you got to gather yourself and get going. Now, mm-hmm. let me address some of the things you said. So, because I, right. I, I got to get this straight. So, right. A, you felt that he was getting a little cocky the last couple of games because he, it looked like to you that he felt like he's too good for this, this moment right now. I'm right. Right. I just started a fight. Absolutely. You're absolutely wrong. D. Dude, I'm a hundred percent still on that. If I see it, like you, you better walk in next time and just throw those balls in there, man. You smoking. Talk about, listen, a Josh Allen is the quarterback. He ain't right. going to no, get in the fight it. where he gets you know, pushed around and, and all of a sudden he, you know what I mean? He, mm-hmm. he falls and he falls on his pinky and he can't throw mm-hmm. no more. Whatever. I'm just making some shit up. That's right, why you right, got right. goons to take care of your shit. So we need more of them. A lot he, more of them. <laughs> whether he starts the shit or not, you know, his boys are right there. Now he walks of with his huddles and gets it going. Now, does Josh have a little bit of arrogance to him? Yes. Yeah, I'm saying every quarterback should have some arrogance. It's a, it's a it's a oh, fine line between arrogance and confidence. And I always say, Josh Allen is one of those guys that's got that fine line. So he's got the arm arrogance to throw that football where you have no business throwing that football. But it's also oh, yeah. confidence that I know my abilities. Now I love that confidence too. That it's confidence great. is great. It is. Great. Oh now, man. Now the other thing you said, you said Josh Allen. You're talking about Josh Allen, and mm. then you said something of the nature of uh, you don't feel that this team was is. 
what you said something in the I can't, I can't remember what you said the second the second thing you said, and I disagree. But I was like, I'm let me get him on the first one because I'm gonna cook you on your first one. But mm. as yeah, you go, that, as you go and remember that, you gotta keep in mind hmm. we dealt with some blows. At, oh yeah, key component, some some key players, right? Mm. Number one being losing Von Miller. Von Miller was a big ass piece that we needed to get things popping, and we were a different team when he when he's playing. He's out. Micah Hyde. Yeah. Quarterback of the defensive backfield, he's out. So yeah. things are going to change, but we found mm. ways to freaking win. Oh, the defense definitely did. I At the end of the day, like... it just didn't fall for us. It didn't fall for us. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Um, mm. But Scott Blakely says you have a point. Scott Blakely is with you. He says, yo, he has a point. Thanks, Scott. Not sure if it was a humbling or too much cockiness. Well, I don't know. And he carried it on his shoulder, like in a way, like I haven't seen yet from him. And I'm not sure if it's something that I enjoy or if it's something that. You know, I want to see him doing more of. I didn't like it. It was like, it left a sour taste in my mouth. You didn't like the way he reacted? Nah, not at all. Like, it was like my boys will clean us up if I do all this. Like, there's something about it rubbed me wrong. I didn't it rubbed you like the it. wrong way. And Just, yeah, that was it. I'm, I'm going to tell you something. There's some people that feel that Josh is a cocky cat as well, right? Hmm. Or a diva, if you will. Some. Hmm. Like, the, hmm. I think it was last year when he got tackled by Chris Jones. And he that felt was cool, that though. it wasn't cool. And he was laying on the ground. He took the ball and he, he flicked it at Chris Jones. They did not like that. So, yo, right. everybody's everybody feels like you know I me. Mean? Josh Allen is, is America's sweetheart, and some players like, "Yo, man, fuck that dude, man. He's a little bitch because he's throwing." He, some but people that play that. I could justify. I, I get that he was getting his ass kicked by, by him a little bit throughout that game, and our old line just wasn't doing anything. So I can kind of understand what the flip was for. But as America's sweetheart, I mean, look at that Dallas game. We have a dog. We have a dog. We know that, and. uh I don't know. Just there's something about. I I hope it's not something that's contagious or something that carries. I hope it's just a one-time thing. Nothing that I see again. Um, but that I, you I had that. You, see, you felt you needed to get that off your chest, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. That was just one of them. That was just one of the things that I saw this season. I uh, got you, man. Listen, jo listen. I'm gonna tell you. This, I'm gonna tell you right now, man. Mm -hmm. Josh has some arrogance to him, right? Right. But and I feel him because he, he went to getting dogged. Not getting no opportunities, That's called true. immediately. He he finally makes it to the league. He finally improves his mechanics. He gets it, and he's he's amongst the top in the league. He's gonna feel this type of way. But I'm gonna say I'm gonna say That's this. True. I'm gonna say this though. He's got some tremendous pressure going next year because right now, that's three times we've made it to the playoffs, and and we we thought we had it when we were in the AFC Championship game, and we fell short. Then we lose in 13 seconds, and then we <laughs> lose in a horrible fashion. You know what I'm saying? To yeah. Bengals. So, like, it's just, it, it's it's mounting. The pressure. I is couldn't, when we were in that Bengals game, too, how our defensive line responded to, you know, looking at, they had some losses on their uh, whole line. For, man, what was that? And we're talking we about having, like, we some. Get, so, we could we're get talking pressure. about being tough. Yeah, yeah, we're not tough. No, there's no uh, scrappiness on this defense. It's like. Here's what it was, man. It's not about, it's not about no scrappiness on this defense. It was just a matter of. It was just a matter of like we just got outplayed. Simple as that. We got it. We got fucking outplayed, outplayed yeah. out hustled, out physical. For sure. Everything yeah. you can name, that was our situation. Yeah. Anyway, D handsome, I appreciate you, man. You had things to get off your chest. You got it off your chest. I gave you your opportunity. Yeah, thanks, <laughs> you bro. Stupid. Thank you. You got what you needed to get off your chest. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yo, and uh, hey, let's go after Jacobs, huh? Josh Jacobs. Why not? Uh, we don't got the money for that, but. We don't got I the money. I wish we, we did. We could. We could. Uh, I, nah, nah. We, I we got catch you, BF. Naeem Hines. 
listen, what we missed the boat on Brees Hall. We should have grabbed no, Brees Hall. We didn't grab Brees Hall, so we're gonna have to we're gonna have to keep it going. Anyway. Yeah, we're gonna have to keep going. Anyways, bro, peace out. You have a good night. Yes, sir. Chat. I peace. love you. Yes, sir. That's my guy D Handsome. He's been watching this for a long time. Now, before I get out of here, man, before I get out of here, I got I got something else I gotta I gotta get off. I don't want to get off my chest, but I found it super hilarious, right? So I'm scrolling through Twitter. With the I'm throwing, I'm scrolling through through uh, through Twitter, and uh, there's there's this tweet I come across by Missy Hyatt, Missy Hyatt. Okay, so Missy Hyatt is, I guess, some '80s or '90s wrestler or lady that used to be in wrestling, or maybe she was a promo girl. Uh, I have no idea, right? But Missy Hyatt, I apparently had some things to say about. Former Bills quarterback Jim Kelly, and apparently this girl used to be like a, a, a hot little thing back in the day, and uh, and you know what I mean all all the cat all the dudes wanted him wanted her, and she uh, she was that thing she was that she was that girl anyway, so she decided to I guess she's got a book, and uh, she's I don't know I guess you call it a tell all I don't know what you want to call those things but anyway she had a book. And she has some things to say about Jim Kelly, all right? And I got to read this to y'all because I thought that she was hilarious, right? So one of the pages, <laughs> one of the pages, hold on. Scott Blakey says, yo, they put way too much on Josh Allen. Um, hold on, let me see that. They put way too much on Josh Allen, and that's the issue. He covers up too much. Build around him and let his elite play take us there. And this is where they're going to have to, they're going to have to help out. They're definitely going to have to help out, and this is a big offseason for it. 100%. Uh, James says it was a former female diva. Okay, perfect. She's a former diva. So get get this excerpt I'm going to read. And, and I took away one thing from this. One thing from this, right? So it goes, it goes, uh, throughout the time that I was with Jason, Jim Kelly would call me every so often. He knew nothing was going on. Was, he knew nothing was going to happen, but we used to flirt over the phone. And he would leave messages just to make Jason jealous. I guess Jason was her dude. Anyway, hey, Missy, it's Jim. You left your panties under the seat of my car. Do you want me to FedEx them to, or what? He did it like half a dozen times. Even Jason had to laugh sometimes. Anyway, but after Jason and I broke up, I began calling Jim more often. The fact that we've been flirting over the phone for the last two years, I mean, there was no way we weren't going to get together. It was just a matter of time and schedule. Well, it was like God worked out the timing for us. The Super Bowl was set uh, for Atlanta in 1994. And the Bills were in the playoffs. So all Jim had to do was keep winning to wind up in Atlanta for the entire week. It was like a carnival game, right? And that was the grand prize or booby prize, whatever. All right. Yeah, I guess he wanted the championship ring too. So anyways, every week he'd call right after his playoff game and he'd be like two down, one to go, right? Well, he wound up making the Super Bowl. You Bills fans can send me thanks. Thank you notes later. That's what she says. Anyways, it was like the fourth straight year the Bills made it. Except the thing was, they lost the first three times. So by the time he arrived in Atlanta, he was under unbelievable pressure. He arranged to have dinner three nights before the game, but I could tell as soon as he showed up, he wasn't himself. It was like the lights were on, the lights were on inside, but no one was home. He tried to smile and say flirty things, but every 10 minutes, his mind would wander, and he would be somewhere else. I felt really bad. So she goes... <laughs> halfway through the dinner a reporter from pittsburgh newspaper walked into the restaurant and he noticed us together he started scribbling notes because pittsburgh that's where jim's that's jim's hometown and his, his social life was big news 
The story ran into the gossip column next morning. Uh, after dinner, I drove back to his hotel and then we ran upstairs to his room, sat down on the bed and we started kissing. This is where it gets interesting, right? So, so um, we started kissing later. I feel him get kind of shudder against me. Then he whispers, oh, excuse me. I looked down and he nutted in his pants. I said nutted, but she says he came. He nutted in his pants. I mean, all we did was kiss. Not even a second. Not even get to second base. I thought it was sweet. Blah, 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 blah. Anyway, what I read from that was a Jim Kelly is a quick nutter. He bust a nut. The girl didn't even do nothing to him, right? A little kissy kissy and he <laughs> he busted nuts, right? But here's the big thing that I caught from that. Losing three freaking Super Bowls. Three freaking Super Bowls. And the amount of pressure that had that was that must have been on Jim Kelly, right? Losing the first one, okay, we'll be back. We're gonna do it again. That's what I, I would feel that way, right? Shit, we made it again for the second time. We got to get this one. Nope, we lose that one. All right, third Super Bowl, third time's a charm. Let's roll, blown out. And then the fourth one. Now, before the game, he's doing all this stuff. He's doing young man stuff. He's meeting with people. This not third. And he's probably kind of no nut freaking playoff time. Can't do none. So he meets with this girl and whatever happens, happens. But what I, what stood out for me was, Three straight Super Bowls you lost. And as he's sitting there, fourth Super Bowl, I'm about to go to the fourth Super Bowl, and I need to win this. Not only for me, not only for my teammates, for the city. The city's been riding with us for this long, and, and we in the fourth Super Bowl, and this brother's out here going on dinner dates and shit. Yo, focus on this motherfucking game. We could have had that shit. This is what I, this is what I took from it. This boy is not focused. He was everywhere, but, and now he waited for the fourth Super Bowl to really kind of hone in. I thought that was hilarious, right? And this girl's talking about, yo, this girl put his business out there talking about he a quick nutter. I mean, should that, sometimes it happens. Now, what he should have said was, yo, hold on a second. Round two, you know what I'm saying? I had to get that out of the system. Now, let's, let's go for it now. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't, who knows? But, yo, the pressure that must have been on. He's going, he's at dinner. And he's trying to, you know, me throw some game and flirt and stuff. But then he disappeared and like, shit, like, I got to win this damn game, man. Like, I'm out here having supper and the boys are chilling. I got to, could you imagine? Could you imagine? Like, for those that were, you know what I'm saying, old enough to really appreciate the Bills in the 90s, right? And I mean, I, I was a young buck in the 90s, right? So, like, I didn't really, I didn't really appreciate, like, some of you older cats or some of you veteran guys that are watching right now, right? Were y'all, were y'all like after the first one? All right. Second one. All right. Third one. Were you guys like, all right, Jim, enough. All right, Levy. We got to get this one. Thurman, we got to get this one. As, as a Bills fan, weren't you guys kind of like, guys, honestly, man, like we, we, I can't believe, like, I'd love to know because if Jim Kelly is feeling the insurmountable pressure, you know what I'm saying? Because that's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure, man. Not once, not twice, not three, four times. On the fourth one, before you even play that game, you got to be wondering, like, yo, I got to I gotta be perfect. I got to do everything I got to do. And you fall short. Oh, my gosh, man. That's, it's, it's incredible. It's craziness. It's crazy. I just, it's like, now, whether this is true, <laughs> and I got I to gotta preface this, whether this is true or not, it's funny. It is funny. The fact that she blasted him for doing that. But 
nonetheless, forget about the girl. Forget about the, 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 the you know what I'm saying, all that nonsense. You're going to the fourth Super Bowl. Like, you got to be like, yo, I got to win this one. Like, forget about the girl. The girl and the story is irrelevant because that's not what stood out to me. It's the, it's like, you're going to your fourth game. You've been there four straight times. You got to be in your mind. We got this. Was it an overconfidence? Were the Bills just overconfident or were they just rattled? We made it this far, but we're just rattled because at this game, we just, we can't, I just, I, and it goes to tell you how difficult it is to even make it to one Super Bowl, let alone four. Look at right now. It's craziness. I just, I just wish we had one. We got one. You know what I'm saying? That, that way the pressure's off. Now the pressure's right back onto Josh Allen. The pressure's right back on the Josh Allen. Because now you've got three straight playoff runs where we get booted out and not make the Super Bowl. Right? At one point, we got we gotta get we gotta do what we need to do to get to that point. What's missing? That's the true question. What is missing for this team? Is it is it coaching? Is it somewhere amongst the coaching staff that one addition changes everything? Is it a player? Are we missing that left guard that's gonna change the whole the whole thing? Are we the return of Von Miller? Does that change everything up? The return of Micah Hyde? The return of Trey White back to 100% shape? Is that the missing piece? Man. Well, we'll soon find out this offseason. And it starts with free agency. So what will Bean do? What will McDermott do? Who will we let go? Who will we keep? There's a whole lot of things that we got to figure out. There's a whole lot of things, man. But we'll find out soon enough. And we'll be right back on it where we're just gung-ho for these bills. Right now, we're chilling. But we'll be right back just thirsty for bills news and what we're doing and who we're signing. We're going to overhype some people. We're going to underhype people. But for the most part, we're going to overhype people. I'm this year going to be conscious enough to not overhype shit. Because I'm going to be as extremely on top of Brian Day, excuse me, of Brandon Bean and what he does. You know what I'm saying? If he, you try, he brings in some guy, like, yo, why'd you bring that guy in? If he comes in and drafts a running back, why did you draft the running back this year when you had him last year? I mean, there's a whole bunch of things that I'm just not going to let just, just fly. I'm going to question everything. I'm going to be on. I'm, I, this year is big. This is a big offseason. We got to. We got to win it. But anyway, that's my time, folks. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. We got the next session coming up. It's going to be the receiver and tight end room. I might just do the receivers on its own, a short show, and then go to the tight end room and the old line. Who knows how we're going to make it happen. But at one point, we got to do it. We got to go through this whole roster before free agency hits so we know who, what, where, when, how this is going to happen, and then we'll go from there. So, folks, enjoy the rest of your evening. It's your boy Rico. Enjoy yourself. We'll catch you guys again next week. Maybe we we'll see you starting Friday. Right now, we're cutting the shows down a little bit. And then me and my man Zeba might try to come through and try to put things out. Shout out to my guy Rev. Rev's going to be taking time away from the crew. He's going to start up his own thing and, and focus on the food truck. Salute to my guy Rev. So it's going to be me, Zeba, Pierre holding it down, baby. So until next time, folks, enjoy yourself. It's your boy Rico. 